Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I am feeling good today. Let me just tell you, it's going to be a great day. Hope you're feeling great. Hope you're having a wonderful day, whether you're running on the treadmill, you're lifting weights, you're in the office, you're walking down the street, you're walking your dog, you're driving your car. I mean, my goodness, I hope you have an amazing day and uh, cannot wait for this episode. I'm so blessed and grateful to have you here. And I'm so excited to be sitting down with Anthony Ficino today. He's an awesome guy. And uh, I've gotten to know him a little bit over the past year, year and a half, really. And uh, he's an amazing individual. So really, really excited about diving into this conversation. And are you ready to take it to another level? Because that's what we are about to do today. I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind-expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. This is for leaders, entrepreneurs, real estate investors who have a burning desire for the extraordinary. It is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. We will distill the mindset, the habits, the routine systems, tools, the strategies, and so much more from those from an individual like Anthony Vecino, who is elevating to a life without limits so that you can do the same or even more for yourself. This is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth, through real estate investing, other ventures, and most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. If you are enjoying this show, we ask you to subscribe, give us a rating, a review, a five-star review if you're so inclined, because it helps us reach our message to more people. And also, we really, really appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. It's actually extremely helpful for us. If you didn't know, there are algorithms out there that really help us rank and help us, you know, reach a wider audience when we have people subscribe, rate and review our show. So if you have 15 seconds from the bottom of, of my heart, it would be the most amazing gift if you went and subscribed and rated and reviewed. If you already subscribed, if you've already rated, if you've already given us a review, just want to thank you so, so much for doing that because our team reads every single one. And it helps us continue to go because let me tell you, it's not easy to do what we do. Um, I'm not saying that we're awesome or whatever, but it's a lot of work, you know, and uh, but it is a passion project. It's something that we really love. And we know that you do not have to live a life that you just tolerate. You can live a life of abundance. You can live a life of fulfillment if you invest in your constant and never ending improvement, if you put some capital to work in real estate, if you open up your mind to the possibilities, right? You know, we're talking about mindset, we're talking about personal growth, we're talking about personal mastery, we're talking about the amazing opportunities to create amazing outcomes in your life through real estate. And so if you enjoy this, please, again, share this with a friend as well. You know, we do this 100% for free. All that we ask is that you share this with someone else. If you've already done that before, uh, thank you. And all we ask is that your fee today is that you just go ahead and send this in a text message, whether it's a screenshot or send the link to someone else and say, hey, I think you'd really, really benefit from listening to this podcast, whether it's going to take you to the next level or it's going to pull you out of the rut that you're in, because we know we've all been there, right? We've all been there. And so we want this to be inspiring when we want this to be insightful. We want this to be actionable and applicable. And um, we think it will, uh, you know, really be that for someone else as well. So if you can share that, we would be extremely grateful. And I uh, want to invite you to go check out elevatepod.com because that's where all the resources are. That's where all the links to the show notes are. That's where all of the extras are and all the beauty uh, with this podcast. And of course, you can go deeper in our community, Elevate uh, Podcast community. And oh, by the way, Elevate High Performance Coaching Academy, if you want to go deeper, if you want to elevate your game, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to be a high performer, if you want to make more money, you want to have more free time, you want to get more deals, it's all about being a part of Elevate High Performance Coaching Academy. So go check out elevatecoachingacademy.com and go watch the masterclass because the masterclass is a 45-minute value-packed masterclass workshop where Coach Trevor McGregor and myself are giving you the, the, the keys to the kingdom, right? We're giving you the entire roadmap towards creating those five freedoms, whether it's financial freedom, whether it's time freedom, whether it's geographical freedom, whether it's freedom to impact other people, whether it's freedom 
of relationships, choosing who you surround yourself with. It is an amazing, amazing program. It's an eight-week program where we turn decades into days. And we just launched off our first program. And let me tell you, it is going phenomenally. And the next round starts on March first. So when would now be a great time for you to change your life and for you to transform your life and for you to become that high performer that you've always desired to be. So go to elevatecoachingacademy.com. And we look forward to meeting you and learning more about you through that process. And myself and coach Trevor McGregor will be coaching you and you'll be surrounded by some of the most amazing people across the country. And uh, we really, really look forward to that. So with all of that said, I want to introduce you to Anthony Vecino, who is a best-selling author, an investor, and an entrepreneur. He's built multiple successful businesses from the ground up by creating systems at scale and by never losing sight of end-user satisfaction, which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful thing. Anthony is the co-founder of Invictus Capital, which is a great name for a company, by the way, a vertically integrated multifamily acquisition firm based in the Twin Cities that focuses on providing excellent passive investment opportunities to busy professionals in an environment of trust, clarity, and transparency. So without further ado, I invite you to enjoy this amazing conversation with Anthony Vecino. Anthony, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm doing great. And um, you know what? I wish I had a better word than great because you use fantastic. I'm like, wait I took a minute. It. I could have done better. I could have done phenomenal. What, could, what else could I have done? Exceptional. Exceptional. Fantastic. Mm, I missed it. Unbelievable. Wait, I can't do So if you say Incredible. fantastic, I can't say fantastic myself. That's, like, that's fair. That's that's fair. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, you could be like fantastic plus one. Like you're yes. just trying to like one out me just a little there we bit. Go. Well, I was, uh, we were joking before we got on here because I was giving you some kudos for a few things. And I'm like, all right, check mark. We got three compliments. <laughs> now we can start recording. Uh, but no, I, I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you That's for awesome. asking. And um, I really do. I, I feel good today. You know, it's like a little bit of a, you, you just some days you have it. And mm -hmm. most days, you know, if you set yourself up with habits and all these things, most of those days, it kind of compounds on itself, right? But mm -hmm. some days are better than others. But um, you know, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. But before we dive in, you know, one thing I'm really interested in is like, who are you as a core being like, who are you to the core behind the bio? Because we talk about our public image. And of course, you know, people know us from, you know, perhaps their first three thoughts in their, in their mind about us. But who is Anthony Vecino as a man like behind all of that, like to the core? At my very core, I, if you pushed me like to the edge of a cliff, and we're like, hey, you got to jump off or, you know, tell me exactly who you are, like at your deepest depths. For me, it's I'm a storyteller. Uh, that's for whatever reason, that's the word that just resonates most with my soul. And that manifests itself in a whole lot of ways. I've written books, I've built businesses and that like people when they think of like business building or real estate, they're like, where does storytelling coming in, come into yep. that? And it's everything. It's how we communicate with the world, with the people around us. It's the stories that we tell ourselves. And so at my core, that's what I believe it is like that I'm here to tell stories, to entertain, to educate, to, you know, commiserate. And so that that's, that's me. And it's really interesting too, because like when you study human beings and you study the history of human beings, we are story and meaning making creatures, right? We, mm -hmm. we tell stories to make meaning of circumstances. And I don't know if you've read Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, but he Absolutely. even- he talks about that. I mean, you talk about you look at the millions of years of history of human beings and and Homo sapiens. It's we are the one. The difference in us and the average animal is that we tell stories, right? And he even made the argument that business is a story. You know, yes. corporations are stories, systems are stories that we all buy into we together. Agree to. say, yeah, we agree yeah. to. That's the important part. And money is a story. I mean, how mm -hmm. fascinating is that? Like, yeah, when you really start seeing the world in a story form like that, it's like you see it everywhere. And then for, you know, like people that are listening to this, they're probably real estate investors or business entrepreneurs. Yep. And I encourage you to start thinking through the lens of story, whether that's like the story that you're telling your investors or your customers or the broker that you're dealing with. Like, think about the story that they're telling themselves, because we all think of ourselves as a hero of our own story and start like, inserting yourself into that narrative in a way that helps elevate them you know like that's 
that's what's really cool. And yeah, you're, you're dead on like Sapiens for, it's a fantastic book. And one of the things I took away from that is this idea that other animals, they come out already pre-programmed with all the skills that they need. You know, a deer just pops out and then 10, 20 minutes later, it's jumping around doing all the things that a deer does. Right. So but, a, but a human, we don't do that. Like we come in with maybe 15% pre-programmed skills and the rest of it is like for the next 15 years, we're reliant on the people in the community around us to, to survive. And through that, the one thing that we do have is the ability to adapt and grow and change and learn. Like that's our big advantage in the, in the grand scheme is that we can learn and grow. And so that's, I think stories play an integral part of like what type of growth we believe is possible for ourselves. If we're filling ourselves with positive, awesome stories of people who've gone on to do amazing things, and that's what you're going to do. But if you're filling yourself with stories of like, you know, this is, I've been born into this life. It's not fair. And like 2020 COVID, uh, like it's all horrible. Like, well, then that's how life is going to manifest itself too. That is, a, you're the first person to describe it in that capacity, but it almost makes me look at, you know, the purpose of our podcast here. It's really about personal growth. It's about personal transformation so that you can step into that next higher version of yourself. And when you described the deer coming out with every skill that it needed from day one, and perhaps 10 days after it's born, it's jumping around and it's running, you know, 15 miles an hour and it's, you know, saving itself from predators, but human beings you know, you look back and you make a meaning of the story of a human being, you come out of the womb, and it takes a long time for you to get the skills that you can really survive on your own, and then thrive, like we're talking about thriving, right? Yep. So is that something, you know, because I know you and I really share personal growth as being one of our core, you know, sort of passions in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that really what drives you to really continue to push the limits yourself? Absolutely. I, I talk a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Everybody's kind of familiar with that idea that we have to have, you know, our physical needs, our emotional needs, our psychological and like spiritual, like all that, like you get the pyramid, right? But Maslow had this concept, which I found even more impactful. And it's the idea of plus one. And the visualization for this is that you're standing on a road, you're looking out into the future. And before you are these road signs where it's plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four. And you turn around, you look the other direction and the signs are negative one, negative two, negative three. Now, in a perfect world, your ideal self in every situation is always making the plus one decision. That's the decision that is moving you forward towards being a better version of yourself. But we're humans, like we don't make perfect decisions every time. So sometimes we make a negative one decision, but that's not just going back one, that's actually denying us the opportunity cost of going forward. So now we're actually behind our ideal self by two. And so what ends up happening is the gap between who we could be and who we are is ever growing, it's ever expanding. And Maslow had this quote, which was that which we can be, we must be. And this is the idea at the core of who I am is that I know in the back of my mind, I can be better than who I am right now. That's who I'm competing against. It's the person I am this instant. And if my next decision I make is I'm going to drink more water, that's going to make me a better version of myself, or I'm going to you know, give myself fully to this conversation and be fully present. That's a plus one decision. And so when we're not living in alignment with you know, moving forward, we know that it causes this internal dissonance, you know, like, I'm not living up to my potential. And when we don't live up to our potential, or even feel as though we're making strides towards our potential, we're filled with discontent. And that's where frustration, that's where people just kind of, you know, their life devolves into just kind of malaise. And it, it's hard to get out of bed in the morning, you don't have purpose or meaning, you don't wonder, you don't, you've lost the joy and the exploration of growth. And the people who have that, man, it, it's infectious when you're around it. Like it's, it's infectious to be around people who are like, I want to grow, I want to change. Let's take on this challenge because it, it opens the door for you to step through and accept that challenge yourself. And it's a remarkable thing when you're, when you're around people like that. You know, what's so interesting about all of this, you, you just described the internal dissonance when we aren't, you know, reaching our fullest potential, right? You can feel that. And maybe some people are more conscious of that than others. Maybe others are, you know, they're, they're unconscious to that, but they can feel that, right? Mm -hmm. If you really ask them the right questions, you would get to the heart of that issue. But people have these stories, like going back to the beginning of our conversation, they have the stories in their mind of, I'm not worthy, or I don't deserve that, or I can't, or if I did that, I'd be abandoning somebody. I mean, it's so interesting how like, even just the early part of our conversation is already starting to come full circle to a certain degree. I mean, like, so what do you think separates those who overcome those, those stories, those internal stories and break through them 
versus the majority who don't. And they just continue to feel that dissonance with the lack of growth and the lack of transformation. Could you, any, any thoughts there? It's, it's hard. I think it kind of falls into a couple of different categories. One, you have the group of people like myself who were just really lucky. I, I was just really fortunate to grow up in, in an environment where my dad instilled for me a very early age that I could be whatever I set my mind to. The only limitation is myself. I got really lucky that the stories that were being fed into me from an early age were the stories that were going to elevate me through life, right? So that's one bucket. And I, I, can't, claim, I can't claim that that's, that was given to me, but I can make the most of that. And then you have the other group of people. And this is the harder group where the stories that they've been told are not helping them. Their stories that like you were born poor or you're born, you know, this color or this gender or in this country, like the, those are the stories that have been told to them and they believe it because they've told that story to themselves so many times that now they can't hear the fact that these stories are coming from elsewhere. Now they're just hearing themselves tell themselves the story. And the problem is, if you look at this from a neuropsychology background, like a perspective, you know, when we have a thought in our brain, the very first time you have the thought, it's two neurons in your brain are trying to find each other, they're trying to make a connection. And this is a lot like if you were to drive across town to your friend's new uh, house, and you maybe have never been to his house before. And so the first time you go there, you just have some rough directions and you kind of make some wrong turns. You eventually get there, but it's not the most efficient path. The next time you go there, now you have a rough idea of how to get there. So now you can get there quicker. And it's the same way with the neurons. Now they know how to find each other. It gets faster and faster until eventually you start to make these grand connections and say the absolute fastest way for me to get to my friend's house is this path. Regardless of where you are in the world, you can figure that out, right? And that's what the brain does is it says, hey, this thought is so important. This person's having this thought so many times, we need to make this even more efficient. And so what it does is it coats that neuronal pathway with myelin sheath, which is the fatty white substance. That's where your brain looks the way it does. And now that's like fiber optics for your brain. And that thought becomes lightning fast, like fiber optics. And so now if that thought that you've been telling yourself that that story is I'm poor, this is my, my lot in life, I can't make anything of myself, well, you've reinforced that story. And it sucks because that story was initially planted in your brain from the external. And but now you've owned it, and you've made it your story. And that's, that's a bummer, but you can change it. It's hard. And that's the thing is like that neuronal pathway, it can be broken down, it can be reformed, but it takes a lot of time, a lot of diligence and effort, and it's not easy. And most people, they don't see the growth quickly enough to feel like it's actually occurring. And so they stop. And when you stop, then you've, you've guaranteed that you'll never get to your destination. And so it, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully you were one of these people who are just surrounded by people that filled you with the good stories. And that, that's, that's great. But most people, they fall in this other category, and it's up to them to change the narrative that they're telling themselves. And until they do, nobody can help them. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow capital appreciation and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I wanna invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I wanna tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I wanna to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're gonna get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. No, this is so, so important. And it's, you know, in my opinion, it's about bringing the, you know, the unconscious or the subconscious to the conscious, right? It's saying, mm -hmm. all right, I've got an issue here, right? Is this belief limiting me or is it serving me? Is this serving the highest version of myself that I could be, right? If anything were possible, 
is this belief really serving that future? And if that's the case, no matter what color you are, no matter your background, no matter, you know, your, your sex, anything, your, your nationality, you know, if you were to consider that anything was possible in your future, is this belief serving you or limiting you? And I think it's really interesting to just ask that question. Let's start mm -hmm. there, right? Ask the question and bring the subconscious, which, you know, you're talking about, you know, neurology, when nerve cells fire together, they wire together, and mm -hmm. you start to get addicted to that process, right? The addiction of, you know, being in that comfort zone of this is my story, this is what I believe, this is who I am, is, you know, comfortable, but it's uncomfortable to experience that growth. And also, it's not guaranteed, right? It's it's like, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people listen to podcasts is like, mm -hmm. well, if they're telling me that they've done it, maybe it's possible for me. And so that that process, that commitment, you know, trusting that process is perhaps, you know, the path. But what else would you add to that? I mean, I, this is a beautiful discussion. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, it's well, you know, you, you're, you know, you're such a kindred spirit on this. Like, I, we just, I think we see this in alignment. And so it makes it very easy for us to have this conversation. But it's very difficult for people who are just stepping into this world for the first time and hearing these thoughts. Because, you know, it's one thing to say whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Like mm. you hear that and you, and, and there's one group of people that go, absolutely, that's true. And then the other group of people rolls, rolls their eyes. And if you're in that group of people who rolls their eyes, that's because, you know, you're still not ready yet to like really own and like accept responsibility for changing the narrative in your own head. And the, the thing is, no matter what story you're telling yourself, you're going to make it true. So if you're telling yourself that you're horrible, that you're a bad person, that you don't deserve to have a good life or that you deserve like these horrible things to happen, like then you've man you're going to manifest that destiny. If you're telling yourself the opposite and like, I'm not a, I'm not a hoo-ha type of pie in the sky guy where it's like, I believe I'm a millionaire and then next morning it's going <laughs> to be there. Like it, you know, you, you have to back it up with action, but the first step is believing and, and like having that mindset, because the mindset is the, the windshield through which you see the world. And when, you're, when your windshield is cracked, you can't see the world very good. So the first step is get a good windshield in place, keep it clean, and then figure out how to get to where you're going. Because the next step then is now that your windshield's clean, now you need to press down on the accelerator and you need to steer the car to your desired destination. It's not enough just to have a clear windshield and sit on the side of the road. It's not going to get you anywhere. And it's, you know, it's about beliefs, it's about your habits, it's about your actions, but it's also, you know, it's interesting, you think about this formula, when you think about thoughts lead to feelings, feelings mm -hmm. lead to emotions, which lead to, you know, habits, which lead to actions, which then lead to results, ultimately, so, which then if, reinforces the belief, right, exactly. Is, and it's, it, it's either it's either a negative spiral or it's a positive spiral, which direction mm -hmm. you want to go. And how interesting, you know, and, and the other thing too, I'll say, and I just wanted to stack on what you just said is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? So if you're not ready for this, then this isn't going to resonate with you at all because your reticular activating system looks for what it believes is possible or what it believes is true. Mm -hmm. And it finds that in the environment. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a fascinating process because we can leverage our subconscious mind to create our reality, or we can be perpetuated in a reality of a story that was implanted within us from our parents, from the news, from social media or whatever. Um, so it's a matter of what do we want? Do we want to be conscious of this or are we want to be the, the default mechanism of that environment? So what else would you add mm -hmm. to that? Well, there's, there's so much. First is like this idea that the, when you're ready, the, the, the coach or the mentor, or the, the guide, they appear. I've been reading uh, Rumi, you know, the, the old poet, and he has this line in there that just stopped me dead the other day, which is, that which you seek is seeking you. And it's like, whoa, that's really deep. Like, regardless of what you're seeking, like that is also then seeking back to you. And so if you're seeking guidance, then you're going to find a guide. If you're seeking, you know, squalor, you're going to find squalor. But back to like this idea of like your subconscious can dictate the reality around you. I would really encourage people to just sit and reflect on the fact that your entire perception of the universe and reality around you is occurring within this 12 by 12 inch piece of meat in your skull this brain that has really no external uh, connection to the world beyond your eyeballs, right? That is where the entirety of your existence is manifesting itself. And so you're hearing my voice right now, you're seeing me maybe on video, and that's all occurring inside of your brain. And so 
if you if you can't take that bit of information and then make the the logical connection or the, the jump to the fact that like you are controlling your reality your perception of it is all inside your head and so you can you can take it wherever you want to take it and for you know i want to i want to make this positive then for people who are in business or entrepreneurs like it's a hard path it's a hard road and it doesn't happen quickly and you can tell yourself the narrative that like i've been putting in the time and the effort and the work and it's just not paying off like so that might just be because your expectation of reality is that it's going to happen quicker than what it actually is going to. And you just need to realign that, but just keep moving forward because on a long enough time frame, you can create any reality you set for yourself. Certainly. And um, it's really important to remind ourselves, you know, entrepreneurs or leaders or investors that persistence and patience mm -hmm. is, can be, you know, a virtue in many ways. And so uh, I just love that you're obsessed with unlocking the full human potential. And that's really what we're talking about right now. And, and I love your fascination with habit for, formation mm -hmm. and investing in yourself from those capacities, because not only is it going to allow you to show up as a greater leader, as a greater investor, as a greater entrepreneur, but it's also going to give you that balance and that fulfillment in your life. So could you talk about, you know, habits and anything that you've chosen, you know, over the past few years and, and really installed? Obviously, it's not an easy process. What we talked about mm -hmm. is nerve cells wiring and firing together. And so you've had to be conscious of that. Is there anything that you'd point to that you've installed that's really served you from a habit perspective? Yeah, it, yeah, a couple big ones. So it's first is this is I, this idea that we make our habits and then our habits make us. And so you're in control of like what you're instilling. That's the software that your 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 body is going to then run. So you get to control what that is. But you need to be really careful because once those habits are in, your your body's just going to do it on autopilot. And so you want to make sure that you're instilling habits that are good for you that are moving you forward in life and try to cut out the ones that are moving you backwards. And so some of the, the most obvious areas are around food, sleeping, and exercising. Th those are the three levers that control everything in terms of your body's energy and your body's output. And so one is make sure that you're building good eating habits. For me, I am not a great eater. In general, I will eat whatever's in front of me. It takes a lot of <laughs> discipline and willpower. I'm really fortunate that I have a, a significant other who is a much healthier eater. And so by consequence, just by being around her, I get to eat better. But that's one area. Sleeping is another, like getting enough rest. And in entrepreneurial land, it's really easy to think like you got to grind, grind, grind and burn the midnight oil. And like, that's just the furthest thing from the truth. You need to take care of your body, give it time to reset and create good sleeping habits. So one of the things that I do on that front is I have a bedtime routine every night. It's the same thing. I'm in bed by about nine o'clock and I'm doing my routine and then I'm in bed sleeping by 945 and then I'm up every morning at 530. And that's critical. Not that, not the time, the time doesn't matter. It's that you're setting, you're setting a time for yourself, whatever that is. Maybe you need eight hours, maybe you need nine hours of sleep. That's fine. But when you say you're going to wake up, you wake up and that starts your day with the very first win, which is you made a promise to yourself that you're going to get out of bed at this time and you did it. And that seems like that doesn't even seem like a habit. Most people look at it like, that's not a habit. Like, that's just getting out of bed when the alarm goes off. It's like, no, right. that is a habit. Like, once you instill that and you become the type of person who gets up when they say they will, that's, that, that has long-lasting effects throughout the rest of your life. And then exercising, like taking care of your body. Listen, guys, this is the, this is the only body you're ever going to get. This brain is the only brain you're ever going to get, barring you know, some, some pretty big medical breakthroughs here in the next couple of years, like you're not going to get a cyborg body, most likely. So you need to take care of it. You need to be prioritizing it because when your body feels good, you feel good. Life gets better. And so if you're sad, if you're depressed, or if you're lacking energy or motivation to go to work at a job that you don't love, maybe just start with exercising a little bit more, get those endorphins going. Sure. You still not going to maybe love what you do at work and but you're going to be in a much better place from an energy level to then when you get done with work, go home and start working on the thing that's going to get you out of that path. That's so, so powerful. And one thing I'll share just to stack on all of that is, you know, I've recently installed a nighttime routine myself where I ask myself three questions, or actually the first one is more of a statement. It's an I am statement. It's mm -hmm. I am powerful. I am resilient. I am resourceful. And those are just some examples of, of words that I reinforce to myself. And I think it's a really powerful way to anchor me into the moment of, you know, just giving myself a little bit of gratitude and a little bit of, you know, pat on the back for, hey, you know, you went out there today and you, you, you strive to become the greater version of yourself. 
the next one is, hey, when did I go unconscious today? You know, there's a moment mm -hmm. where it's like, you know what, I hated that meeting, that meeting was terrible, that person was low energy or bad energy, and, you know, whatever, and I wasn't interested in the conversation. And I went unconscious, right, my mind wandered off. And so I think that's a really interesting moment to reflect and say, all right, here's something that I can improve on. And then at the end, it's what went well today? And you know, mm -hmm. what's so interesting about that question is 95% of the time, the first thing that comes to my mind is my workout went really well today. And <laughs> the reason why I, I bring that up is because it's something that we can control. It's yeah. something, and especially as entrepreneurs, like there's so much out of our control and we can be proud of our effort, right? We can be proud of the habits and we can be proud of the fact that we woke up when we said we were going to wake up. So is there anything that you'd add to that? And also I'd love to know your nighttime routine. Yeah. So, so here's the most impactful habit I've ever formed. And now it's just so ingrained in everything that I do that I don't uh, consciously process it um, in the same way that I did for the first three or four years that I was trying to program it. And for the first three or four years, what I did was, and I still do, is I have this alarm that goes off at my, on my phone at multiple points throughout the day. And with that alarm, it comes with the question, what is my outcome? And it's just a pattern interrupt. Wherever I am when that alarm goes off and I look down and it says, what is my outcome? That's a pause for reflection to think about what is it that I'm doing right now and why am I doing it? And if that's, I'm on social media scrolling mindlessly, then that pattern interrupt makes me accept like, oh, wow, I'm okay. I need, I didn't even realize because I just kind of like fell on this social media hole, my bad. And that's okay. That gives you now the, the means to focus somewhere else. If it goes off late right now in the middle of this conversation, what is my outcome? Okay what am I doing here? What is my purpose for being on this podcast with Tyler? Like, why are we talking about this? Why am I talking about this particular subject? Like, and really reflecting, why am I doing this thing? Because when we know our outcome, then we can start to map our behaviors to help us get to that place. But so often, we just go into routine mode, where we're just autonomous robots, I showed up for the meeting, I sat there and listened. And I didn't really go into it with an outcome in mind. And therefore, at the end, I had nothing really to show for it. And during the time, it's, you know, it goes back to this idea of like mentally checking out, you look back and you're like, what did I do today? If you ever have a day where you look back and you can't remember what you did, I have those all the time. Like you need to start building this habit of asking yourself, what's my outcome throughout the day? Because it's going to give you an opportunity to be conscious in the moment for just a second. And that's more than, you know, most people manage to manifest over the course of their entire life. And, and so that's been a really, really powerful habit for me. At nighttime, you know, it's nothing super crazy and insane. And, and it's mostly about being conscious about my shutting down and being intentional about that and saying, okay, when my girlfriend and I get up to go to bed, I, you know, brush my teeth, I put my phone away, like now it's quiet time. Now it's just sit in bed, it's read, it's to be disconnected, and it's just to be present. My bigger pattern is around the morning and when I wake up and what's going to start my day correctly. And a lot of that, you know, stems from a, a pretty, I have a pretty long meditation practice where I sit down for 40 minutes to 60 minutes every morning and in, embedded with that is like an affirmations practice. And then I also have a gratitude journal. I have like a habit stacking journal where I try and track habits that I'm trying to build or habits more often that I'm just trying to eliminate. Cause a lot of times, it's like the, the idea that Nassim Taleb talks about in his book, Anti-Fragile, is that it's much easier to, to know something by the negative of that something rather than it is by knowing the thing. So instead of saying, like, what makes a happy life? Ask yourself, what makes for an unhappy life? Because you can figure that out pretty quickly. Like, it's not always so clear, like, what would make you happy? But you can figure out pretty well right now, like, what would make you unhappy? Like, well, if I was overweight or if I was missing a leg or if I was depressed or, like, if I was sad. Like, these are things that you can point to. And then rem start removing those things. Just remove the negative things. And so right now I focus a lot on, I would say, since November, we've been, my girlfriend and I have been working on removing sugar from our diet. And that's super hard. Uh, like yeah. not only because I have like a super sweet tooth, but because sugar's everywhere. Like it's very mm. difficult to get away from it. But you know, that's that's one big habit. If I can break that one, or just I would say not even break it, just distance myself from it, so that when I'm engaging with sugar, it's conscious. Then I'm winning. The you know the the topic of our conversation or the theme of our conversation to a large degree under the surface 
has been bringing the unconscious conscious, right? You're talking about sugar. It's like, I didn't realize how much I'm surrounded by sugar. And I think it's really fascinating that when we can be more aware, we can do better, right? When we know better, we can do better. And I just wanted to circle back to on the the comment on what's my outcome. You know, one of the, I have a note, note, uh, you know, what a posted note on my desk, it says, what's the why behind what I'm doing right now? And oh, it's similar it. to exactly what you just asked. And it's interesting because you can climb a ladder, the- theoretically, metaphorically speaking, and you say, well, why the hell am I climbing this ladder? I don't need to climb this ladder. I need to get the hell down. And it's a great question that I think uh, everybody should be jotting down in their notes is what's my outcome, you know, and mm-hmm. then we can map our behaviors towards attaining that outcome. So another thing I wanted to love, I- I- I'm really excited to talk to you about is your four spheres of influence. Talk about mm-hmm. mindset, health, wealth, and communication. And I love how you say that you have above average skills in those key places, but then you're okay with being average otherwise. I mean, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think everything boils down to like, you know, going back to this idea of like the unexamined life is not worth living. I think that's Aristotle. Um, maybe said that, maybe somebody else, but it's that, it's that idea that we really need to examine our life and break out of that subconscious routine that we just go through the day-to-day actions on, on, autonomy, on an autonomous level. And if we can be more mindful of what we're doing in the moment and what areas that if we were to improve, that they would accelerate our progress through life. And I think for me, I, I frame this in the four spheres of influence, with, which is mindset. Again, that's everything. It's where you start. It's your windshield. Without that, then you, you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where you're going to end up. You can't see clearly. So you have to start there. And then you move into the health, which is if you don't have your body, if you don't have your mind, then what do you have at the end of the day? You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have your health and your well and your mind, then you're going to be miserable. Money isn't going to make you happier. It's just going to it's just going to make you un, as unhappy, just in nicer places with nicer things. <laughs> right. That's not helpful. If you don't love yourself before you get money, you're not going to love yourself after you get money. I can guarantee that. The next step, though, is you know wealth is important because. Money is just a surrogate that allows us to transfer it in exchange for time, right? The time freedom is everything. The ability to go do what you want, when you want, where you want, with who you want. The money itself, it's not about the watch or the car or the, the fancy anything. It's just about regaining control of your life to be able to do the things that bring you the most passion and meaning and purpose. And for a lot of people, you know, you don't need as much money as you think you do, but you do need some. So money won't solve all your problems, but it solves all your money problems. So let's, let's figure out how to get that, get that right. For a lot of people, you know, that can be investing in real estate, that can be starting your own business, or it could just be doing better about saving in your W-2. Maybe you love your W-2. You're just doing a very bad job of putting your money to work. um, So that it's working as hard for you as you worked for it. And then communication. At the end of the day, we all want to connect. We want to be understood. Like, Humans, one of the one of the worst things you can do to a human is put them in a solitary confinement to remove them from connection to other human beings. It's one of the reasons why in prison, it's one of the worst things that you can do to a prisoner is you put them in solitary confinement. And studies show like within just a short period of time, and I'm talking like 72 hours type short of solitary confinement, people start to degrade and mentally break down. It's a very bad wow. thing for us. But most people don't realize like you can be around people and still feel lonely right and still feel disconnected and that's hard when you're in a group of people and you still feel disconnected and so communicating is an incredibly important skill that we all need to have to be able to communicate like my wants my needs and my desires in the world so that you can understand them and it goes back to storytelling like what's the story that i'm telling you and am i hearing your story because communication is it's a two-way street it's not just me broadcasting my message to you. It's then receiving your message back. You know, it's this idea we have two ears, one mouth, and we need to use those in proportion to what we were allotted, right? We need to listen more than we speak. But if we can get those four things figured out, if we can have a strong mindset, if we can have good health, if we can have good wealth, and then we can communicate effectively, what else do you really need? Yeah, that's really fascinating about the communication piece and just how we thrive or don't thrive, you know, whether we're around other people and we're able to engage with other people. And it it's really, really a fascinating concept. So thank you for bringing that up. But one thing I wanted to go a little bit deeper on the wealth piece, because obviously, you and I have both chosen multifamily real estate as being a wealth vehicle 
that we and others can really engage in to create outcomes in our life. Like what's my outcome? And -hmm. you think about real estate being a phenomenal outcome. So let's talk a little bit about Invictus Capital and what you guys are doing and how you're raising the bar. I mean, is there anything that you'd point to, uh, you know, recently that you guys have really challenged yourself to really step up to the next level on? I think a big one in 2020 was, so we're, we have a um, vertically integrated in-house property management team in-house. So we do all of our tenant and our resident relations in-house. And one of the things that 2020 really provided us the opportunity to do was get boots on the ground level, like with our tenants and really think about how can we best serve them through this really difficult time. And so our, our, our business plan typically revolves around workforce housing you know, class C, class B apartment buildings. And those people are very affected by, you know, not being able to go into work. They don't necessarily live exactly paycheck to paycheck, but close enough where when you disrupt their means of income, it's very stressful. And when people are stressed, I don't care who you are, don't care how like successful you are in life, you don't make as good of decisions. And so one of the things that we had the opportunity to do this year was really become empathetic to their needs and be proactive and saying, how can we help them through this time in a way where, you know, we're not obligated to do this. It's just the right thing to do because we're in a position that we can help. And the downline effects of that, you know, like it's like the return on karma by doing good and putting good out into the universe, you'll manifest that. It'll come back um, in ways that you can't really measure. And for us, it was, how do we do right by these guys? How do we give them the resources so they can recognize, hey, if you were just laid off, here's how you can reach out. Here's the organization's that you can call right now and they're gonna be able to help you out. And we can help you do the paperwork. Maybe you're non-English speaking, like maybe you're gonna have a hard time getting over that communication gap or you just don't have the time because you have kids. Like what can we do to help in that environment? And so one of the big shifts this year, you know, real estate investors, we have this tendency to talk in terms of units. Like, hey, Tyler, how many units do you have? And you're like, I have 2000 units, like, cool. But that really, you know, that's the brick and mortar uh, building. It doesn't get to the heart of like what that, that service that building serves, right? That, those are the people, those are the families. And so one of the things I've been challenging people this year to think about is don't, don't think about this in terms of units. Think about it in terms of families served. Instead of 2,000 units, it's 2,000 families served. And when you think about it that way, it brings a humanity to the whole exchange and recognizing like these are these people's homes and how can we make this as, you know, as awesome as we would want it to be if we were living there. And if we can do that, I think, I think it just elevates the community in general. And it's it, for us, it's a good business practice because it, it feels good. So it's selfish in that way, but it's also just good business practice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in my, my, my philosophy is the better you can do for your customer, the better your business is going to do right at yeah. the end of the day. And if you truly care about somebody, I mean, that's going to return in spades. And I, I loved the, um, the soundbite return on karma. You know, if you think mm-hmm. about it, everybody's thinking about return on investment, ROI and IRR and cash on cash and all of these different things. But how about return on karma? That's really, really interesting. And it's about taking care of people, right? It's not looking at, you know, units as a number, but it says, hey, we're serving literally 2000 families or however many families you're serving. And so changing your frame of reference or your perspective can be extremely powerful in how you serve, right? How you lead your business. So I think that's really, really powerful for the listener. Either you're a real estate investor, you're an entrepreneur. Let's think about our employees. Let's think about, you know, the community at large that we're serving, you know, whether it's the people that are living at our properties, the people that are, you know, cleaning our properties, the people that are, you know, cutting the grass, you know, the people that are paving the new parking lot and all these different things. I mean, what can we do to be more thoughtful to them? How can we be, how can we go the extra mile? Is there anything else that you point to in terms of going the extra mile? Because it seems like that's really kind of a theme of how you guys lead your business as well. Yeah, I think with, you know, in terms of employees, this is the other side, you know, so as a, in our business model, we really have three core groups that we serve. We, we serve our residents, we serve our employees, and we serve our investors. And each one of those is a different customer group. And it's like, most people don't think about their employees as a customer group, but, but it is, it's a group that you can serve just as meaningfully as you can serve your, your residents or your investors. And I think a lot of people, they look at their employees as just a means to an end. And yeah, we've heard about, you know, building a good culture and start with why, and like, this is all really important. And we go through those hoops, but at the end of the day, like, 
if you can provide a really awesome, meaningful, impactful employment opportunity for people, they go above and beyond. They do better work. They're more fulfilled and excited. And then think about this. Like if you wake up every day excited to get out of bed and go into work, you're going to do really good work. If you wake up every day and you're just dreading or you're just going in because it's a paycheck, you're not going to do as good of work. And so how can you create an environment where your employees, they wake up every day and they're like, I'm psyched to go to work, whether that's clipping the grass or it's collecting rent, like whatever it is, like you can find purpose and meaning in any job. The key is to, to make it meaningful and purposeful. And as employees or employers, like often we can kind of, I think, take a lot of the passion out of a task because it feels disconnected from the end goal. So if we can connect like, Hey, you're clipping this grass. And now that family with their two year old little boy and their four year old little daughter, they're going to go out there and they're going to play with their toys and they're going to play in the grass and they're going to have a lot of fun. And that's really cool. Right. Or it's, you know, like now they're not going to step in in dog poop because we put this, you know, dog corral over here and we're cleaning up and making sure it's clean. Like, these things, they, they add meaning at the end of the day, because those are the memories that that family are going to remember. They're going to remember, hey, remember when we went out there and we were playing in the grass and like we're playing like, you know, I don't know what kids play. I'm not a kid, but, you know, some <laughs> kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> playing soccer, something like that. Yeah, but, playing a game. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is that we're going back to the story, right? It's about yeah. meaning. What's 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 the real reason why we're doing this and what's my outcome? What's the, what's the why behind what I'm doing right now? And in sharing that and sharing those stories with your employees, with your team, with your tenants, with your customers, uh, you know, what have you. And I think that's really fascinating. I wanted to circle back actually on story. I'm glad, I'm glad that you brought that concept back up because I think you guys are great marketers and your message is clear, but you communicate it through story. Are you kind of a story brand disciple yourself, a, a Donald Miller type? Oh, of I love individual? Donald Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's great. <laughs> you know, it's it's really interesting. So I've always been, you know, a storyteller and marketing and branding. And like, I love um, marketing because it's human psychology applied at scale to drive a behavior. Yes. And to, to do that, you have to really understand human behavior and psychology. It's really fascinating. And like, yeah, there's, there's dirty CD marketers out there who are just trying to sell something. I don't really, I actually hate selling things. Yeah. I just like sharing a story that drives behavior, whether that like that story could just be, I want you to feel this emotion. I want you to feel sad right now. Like for whatever reason, like maybe I just want you to feel sad because that can be a really good emotion. It's the, the Buddhist idea of um, the duality of existence, right? Where you can only know a thing by its opposite. And so sadness is important to be able to understand what happiness is. And so that's why we watch sad movies. That's why we, that's why I watched the notebook 20 times. Like, like <laughs> you know, like I wanted to feel that sadness so that I could go and feel happy. Right. And so um, mm -hmm. Donald Miller, he came on my radar a couple of years ago, his book, um, how to build a story brand, his Instagram is great. Their podcast is fantastic. And I just love how um, authentic he is. You know, he's just such a, mm -hmm. um, it, it's clear that he's not trying to sell a thing. He's just trying to help you make an impact. How to yeah. increase your impact in the world. Yeah. And I, I just found it fascinating because I have a marketing background myself. And when I read the book and I learned about that process, it's just so much more impactful. And mm -hmm. it, it when you can help people create meaning through a story and drive that behavior, you you just you just dropped a bomb when you said marketing is sharing an emotion to drive, you know, action right to drive action and to drive a decision. So I think it's really fascinating, but you've brought up philosophy a lot in this conversation, which I love, but you know, tell me uh, you study philosophy. There's, there's no doubt, but what philosophies or teachings have been useful to you as you continue to build your business and, and really, you know, the balance of your life, what other, any other philosophies that you point to? Yeah, I'm a big stoic fan. Um, I'm also pretty into Buddhism at this point though. I'd never even really realized it. Until recently, when I started reading on it more, um, I love the idea of never getting too off balance. And this is key for business is never getting too high on your supply and never getting too sad and or getting too down or too depressed. It's the people that um, that they, they ride the, the, the roller coaster of emotion both ways. They don't do as well. They don't last as long. So you have to be able to, to stay in the middle and stay a little bit neutral. So you have to be able to celebrate your wins and you have to be, you know, feel the hurt of the losses. But you can't feel them to the the tenth degree. And Stoic philosophy, like Marcus Aurelius' uh, meditations or Seneca's letters from a Stoic, like those are all really powerful uh, lessons. And they're that are all about how do we 
control our minds and our reactions and our um, interpretation of external events. Because at the end of the day, that's all it is, is we're interpreting external events. It's like Oscar Wolf was, no, Oscar Wilde said, um, experience is the name that we give our failures. And it's true in the sense that when we fail, it's an opportunity to learn, it's an opportunity to grow and reflect. And then when we look back, that's been our, that's our experience. When we succeed, it's way less impactful. And so keeping that in mind has always been really helpful. I try to read as much really old stuff as possible. So whether that's like Art of War, Sun Tzu, or, you know, like the, the Tao Te Ching or the Bible, like, or the Quran, like these are all really old books with a lot of really old wisdom and they survived for so long for a reason. And you can look at religion, like I have a religion degree. I wouldn't say I'm religious necessarily, but I'm very interested in religion because there's a reason that it survived and that it's, it's here and that these, these messages and that these, these uh, tidbits from these books that are just ancient, that they still apply today. And whether you're in business, you're in relationships, you're just trying to get the most out of your life. Like I, I would start by reading the oldest stuff that you can get your hands on. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a brief time out from the show, this incredibly mind expanding discussion to speak to the high achievers, the high performers. I wanted to speak to those who have a burning desire to go to the next level and beyond. First of all, I hear you and I see you. When I got started as a real estate entrepreneur, fresh out of my W2 corporate job, I was excited and jubilant to create and design my future. At the same time, my business and life was filled with confusion, filled with fear, doubt, uncertainty, and to be honest with you, sometimes even sleepless nights and hopelessness, even while experiencing what many would have considered substantial success. Ultimately, I mustered up the courage to hire one of the world's top high-performance business coaches to work directly with me on creating strategies, systems, and profound shifts towards accelerating my multifaceted performance and to become an industry leader. After years of investing significant resources into myself and in my business through this process, I am now paying it forward as a high-performance coach to those who feel called to elevate to the extraordinary. Wherever you are right now, you know deep down that you have it within you to be great. If you're someone who's seriously looking to elevate your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal flow, your network, your net worth, your lifestyle, and ultimately your life right now and ongoing for the rest of your life, I have a message for you because if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I have limited coaching spots available to guide people like you who want to substantially close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. These are first come first serve and demand high touch one-to-one focus from me directly to you. And this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, committed, and willing to do whatever it takes. It's only for those willing to play full out and invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to achieve greatness in real estate investing and beyond, which is what we're all about on this podcast. This is for those defiantly inspired for transforming as an empowered, limitless, and unstoppable human being in full control of their and their business's future. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com where you can apply for this life-changing opportunity. We will then schedule a discovery session where we will directly discuss what's working, not working, and how we can work together to accelerate your future. With that said, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, and business is a spiritual journey in many ways, and uh, it's an energetic journey. Like I can feel the energy that you're bringing to this conversation is very impactful, and I'd love to do business with you one day. You know, I'd love to collaborate, and, and it's the same, you know, whether you're listening, right? You can feel that energy. And um, I think it's fascinating. And I've, I've found a lot of value in studying philosophy of myself and reading the books that you just described and others, you know, um, you know, just make meaning at the end of the day, it's making meaning and trying to sort out, you know, these emotions. I mean, this is our, our conversation continues to go back there, but it's, it's so valuable. And, and I highly recommend the listener consider some of the things that we've talked about today. And Anthony, I have really, really enjoyed our conversation. We could probably go on for hours and hours yeah. and hours, but I want to be respectful of your time. <laughs> and we're going to go into the rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. It's all about everything that we've talked about today, considering a new story and being conscious of what is that story that we're telling ourselves and how are we stepping into that, the, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Are we giving ourselves a plus one or a minus one uh, and so on and so forth? So as a author, as an author yourself, I would love to know 
What are two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years and why? So I'm going to name three books that I read in 2020 that were really good. And some of them, like one of them I've read a million times at this point is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I read that about three or four times a year. It's a short wow. read and it's, it's incredibly impactful because these, this is the personal journal of, uh, you know, the last emperor philosopher of Rome. And he wasn't writing it for you. He wasn't writing it for me. He was writing it for himself, just trying to work through how to be a better man. And the things that he was wrestling then as the guy who was running the known world at, the, at that point, they're, they're applicable to me, little old me, all these thousands of years later. And that's incredibly powerful. That, so that's a really incredible book. Um, last year, I read Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. And this book isn't going to impact everybody in the same way that it did for me. But I find the concepts of optionality and being like building robust, resilient systems or humans, I find it really, really incredible. And then the, the other book I would really recommend is actually not written by the guy. It's called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. Mm -hmm. And Naval is one of my favorite thinkers. He has a podcast and a tweet storm called How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. And it's clickbaity, but it is one of the most in incredibly powerful messages. I recommend everybody go read it. And then this almanac, somebody just put together a bunch of snippets from him um, and just put it into one little resource. And I found it really, really powerful. No, I totally agree. I read that as well. And I have anti-fragile. So I'm looking forward to diving in. You and I are very like-minded because we we talk about a lot of the same things, but it's interesting that you found so much value in the almanac of Naval Ravikant as well. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's almost like a modern day Marcus Aurelius or modern day Seneca in many ways, which is really, really interesting. Okay, so I have to take this one step further because you're an author of science fiction, of science fiction books. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm venturing into the world of fiction just to train my brain in a different way. But is there anything that you'd point to or any great books or any science fiction or fiction books that have been really impactful for you and helped you make meaning of some profound thoughts or any? I, this, this question may go dead, but uh, just curious. <laughs> Yeah, I would say for me, there's a couple of books that come to mind. One is Ender's Game by um, Orson Scott Card. That's, it's, I think it's probably the best-selling science fiction book of all time at this point. It's really good. And Orson Scott Card has some, he became a little bit crazy in his later years. Um, but the book itself is really, really good. It, I can't even do it justice by explaining it, but it hit me at a time in my life where the message was really impactful. And so that was a really powerful one. I would say anything by Isaac Asimov was also incredibly powerful. So like iRobot or the Foundation series, these, this, these books were written so long ago, like in the 50s and 60s. But the idea of, I think what's so cool about science fiction is you envision the world of tomorrow and what, what the consequences of today are like a lot of people think of science fiction as just lasers and robots and things that go boom and like that's that's what makes it fun for sure but at its core science fiction is really deep because it's trying to say like this technology how is it going to impact us as humans and as a culture as a society and a lot of these guys like wilson gibson when he wrote neuromancer back in like what was that the 80s and he's predicting like pretty much the world that we live in now 30, 40 years later, and you're like, whoa, like, sometimes they get it really, really right. Sometimes they get it really, really wrong. But that's okay. Because at the end of the day, what they're really trying to tell a story around is how it's going to impact us as people. Um, and, and so that's, that's why I love science fiction, personally. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's something that Dave Asprey talked to me about on our podcast here, as he said, mm -hmm. you need to be reading more fiction. And I'm like, all right, shot in the gut, let's go. So I was excited to ask you that question. Thank you for that, Anthony. So aside from our discussion today, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I think every day, it's about my habits and the routines. Um, and, and, and adhering to that so that I consistently every day can, can look myself in the mirror and say, you're the type of person who keeps their promises to themselves. Mm -hmm. And every day when I when I do my routine, when I sit down, even if everything else goes wrong, if at least I sat down and I did everything, all those like basic routines, I brushed my teeth, I got out of bed, I made my bed, I drank my water, I did my journaling, I did my meditating. If I did those things, it doesn't matter if the deal fell through. It doesn't matter if we lost money on that thing over there. It doesn't matter because at least I can say I did what I said I was going to do. And that's the most powerful, most powerful thing is 
telling yourself that story and reinforcing the story that you are the person that does what they say they're going to do. And I like to tell, I like to tell people that 80% of success in life is just showing up and the other 20% is just doing what you say you will. And hmm. so show up and do what you say you will. And if you do that, like your life can take you anywhere. That's awesome. And you're building the identity of someone that can be trusted, right? Yourself. And yes. you look in the mirror, you trust yourself to keep your promises to yourself. And that's an amazing feat in itself because that can compound in many other directions, which is beautiful and amazing. So Anthony, I, I think oh, uh, real, real quick, yeah, I, I, I want to tie this in because somebody said it really well, but I don't, I don't know who I can't give them credit. It's that um, self-esteem is the reputation that you have with yourself. Yes. And like, if, if that doesn't hit you and you go, oh, wow. Like, if you don't feel good about yourself right now, ask because like, what is the reputation that you have with yourself? Yes. Is it because you make promises to yourself and you don't keep them? Like, start there. Start keeping your word to yourself. That's huge. And it's not about, hey, if you're listening and you feel like that really hits you to the core, it's not about, hey, let's beat myself up now. It's nope. about let's draw the line in the sand and say that was the old me and now I'm stepping over the line and I'm leaving that other person behind. So that's amazing. And thank you for bringing that up. Because I think it's, it's really, really important that we think about self esteem in that capacity, because there's many things that we cannot control. But what mm -hmm. we can control is our decisions, our decisions shape our destiny, as Tony Robbins talks about. And um, it's true, as corny as it sounds, it's, it's absolutely true. true. So you get to decide what your future is like. And so Anthony, that's amazing. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? You know, I think the way that any of us can elevate anybody else is by being our best version of ourselves. It's this idea that I can't help my buddy out of the well until I'm firmly rooted well enough to be sure that as I pull him out, that I'm not going to fall in alongside him. Because it might be fun for both of us for a little while to be at the bottom of the well together, but it's not going to be great long term, right? And so yeah. you have to take care of yourself first. And when you do that, when you're constantly in pursuit of like your plus one and your ideal self, it radiates and it gives the people around you um, an unspoken permission to also want that and to seek it. And so you can, I don't think I can elevate anybody if they don't want to be elevated. So step one is that they need to want to elevate themselves. And the best way that any of us can do that is by setting an example and saying like, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm working to be better. And maybe you want to work to be better alongside me. Let's do it together. You know, and that that's powerful because we can do, it's like the idea, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And in, in finding people that elevate you by just not judging you or by holding you to a higher standard that you didn't even know that you could be held to, like that's powerful. Yeah, and you've set an amazing example today, Anthony. I just am super grateful for this conversation. My mind has been blown. I know the listeners' minds have been blown, but is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? Um, I think the, the thought I've been thinking about a lot in the last three months is play long-term games with long-term people. And it goes back to this idea of surrounding yourself with people who are telling you the right stories, that are telling themselves the right stories, the people that are elevating themselves and that are then giving you permission to step through the door with them. Those are the people that you want to surround yourself with. And I'm not saying to go and cut the people out of your life that aren't doing that because, you know, that's not necessary, but be conscious that you're finding those people and that you're doing your best to surround yourself and make yourself worthy of being surrounded by them. It's like the idea, if you want to be, if you want to attract a good mate, you have to first make yourself the type of person worthy of a good mate. So start there. Yes. Long-term games with long-term people. And I look forward to a long-term relationship together. I look forward to part two, part three, part four of this conversation, because I know that we could have gone so much deeper and so much, you know, so many different directions because mm -hmm. you're such a dynamic, multifaceted individual, which I appreciate you so much. And Anthony, my goodness, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you, about Invictus Multifamily and what you're doing and engage with you further. Yeah, come find us at InvictusMultifamily.com. If you're interested in learning about passive investing and syndications, like a lot of people are just having their eyes open to this as a, a viable stream for them, go over there. We have a free resource right now that's going to teach you everything that you need to know from um, how to vet sponsors, how to find a market, how to underwrite a deal, and then how to actually fund a deal so that you can start to feel confident to take that step forward. And if you want to learn more about multifamily investing, we have a podcast called Multifamily Investing Made Simple, where we just try to take the complexity out of it so it doesn't feel so overwhelming. 
Yeah, and I was blessed to uh, be a guest on the podcast, and they do a phenomenal mm-hmm. job. So go check them out. We'll put links in the show notes of where you can find Anthony on social media, where you can find more about their company, as well as where you can download the 22-page quick start guide to passive investing in multifamily with Invictus Multifamily. So with all of that said, Anthony, this has been an amazing show, but Elevate Nation, my goodness, I want to encourage you to re-listen to this show because I don't know about you. I mean, you mentioned, Anthony, you mentioned you read uh, you know, meditations by Marcus Aurelius three to four times a year, which I love to hear that. And I'm going to, I'm going to consider that myself. I read, there's a couple other books that I read annually, but there's, it's amazing when you reread something, it's like, Mm -hmm. I've never seen that, never seen that. And I would consider myself to be a fairly diligent individual. But when you listen again, it's the same thing, new insights, new insights occur. And it's almost like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. And Mm so is your teacher here? And I think it's amazing and the opportunity that you have to be a teacher as well. So share this with someone else and share your distinctions. What are your top three key distinctions that you distilled from this show that you're going to apply immediately? Because at the end of the day, knowledge is only potential power. You know, the Mm -hmm. real power is applying and taking massive action. So with all of that said, make sure that you apply, make sure that you take massive action. And Anthony, I just want to thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate you having me, Tyler. This was a lot of fun. No, my pleasure. And uh, we'll see you next time. Elevate Nation. Thank you for tuning in and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.